0: I'm Karen and I'm Michelle. We're sisters and homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast
1: where we talk about family style homeschooling.
0: Hi this is Michelle at Layers of Learning and I'm here with my sister Karen. Today we're going to talk about some of the stuff that as homeschool moms we've learned over the years specifically about homeschooling. It's a little bit hard to narrow it down because I feel like the person I am now is because of homeschooling. it's so life-changing that everything... It just completely changed the course of my life. So how do I just say, well, this is what I've learned?
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, I was thinking about this. I was actually brushing my teeth earlier this morning, and I was like, huh, I need to clean my schoolroom. And then I thought, I have a schoolroom. When I started homeschooling, <laughs> I had a tiny two-bedroom apartment, and it was at the kitchen table, and we didn't even have one
0: cupboard for our right. school
1: stuff. We had a little basket that I created, and now I'm like, we have exploded. Our lives have
0: exploded <laughs> into know. homeschooling. I know, it's true. In huge ways,
1: and it's reflected in our house, in our time, in our schedule. Don't you think it's changed who you
0: are as a person? I don't even know who I am without it. I know. That's I why I was I was thinking, how do I even like define what I've learned? But But we have come up with some things that we have learned. I think what we're going to focus on is stuff that we've learned specifically about homeschooling that we didn't know on day one. Yeah. That we do know now. We wish we had known a little earlier, what, probably. What day are we on? Like five thousand something? <laughs> we, should <calculate laughs> we should calculate that. Calculate that would be interesting. It's been twenty years for me. I can't believe it's been twenty years. How long has it been for me? Just a couple years shy of that. Like yeah. 22 23 You started not you long gave, after.
1: You gave me extra years instead of less years.
0: You're if right. You're 20 you're right. Years, I'm so 18. you're you're seventeen. I'm younger than you. Don't age me. Okay, I can't do math. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's been 18 years for me. Yeah, it, that's about right. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, You add us up and we're just... I don't want old. to talk about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's cool, though, to think about what those years have helped us know. We've learned so much.
0: I know. And I think part of the problem is that when you start homeschooling, you're not starting with a blank slate. You're not starting... At zero. You're starting with your preconceived ideas, yeah. right? Our entire experience before homeschooling
1: was the opposite. I mean, we, we were readers, but we were very public schooled. Oh, yeah. We right. were... Recently, I was talking to mom, and she said, I wouldn't even have considered homeschooling. I didn't even know that was a thing.
0: Right. And it wasn't really. I mean, there were some fringy kind of people doing it. We owe a lot to those moms in denim jumpers. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't own a denim jumper, but maybe you
1: should just <laughs> to celebrate that. Hey, in
0: the 80s, that's what they were wearing. And <laughs> the 80s and 90s, and that was the, like the stereotypical homeschool mom. We owe everything to those people. They are, were
1: pioneers. Are we in stereotypical homeschool mom clothing right now? Like jeans uh, and t shirt?
0: I've got sweats. my Adidas
1: pants. Yeah. Yeah, that's this is my traditional school. I'm uniform. dressed up.
0: I'm wearing <laughs> jeans. Jeans and a t shirt. This. Hey, we're not in pajamas. I know that's what I'm saying. I'm usually in pajamas. We're, yeah.
1: I, I think I don't have clothing that represents the homeschool okay, mom to, like to they t- did back
0: in the denim jumper days. To but. tell the truth, that's one of the things I learned. That it's okay to be completely casual about this thing. You do not need to stand up in front of the classroom in your fancy clothes with your makeup on and teach a lesson. And that is actually something that I had to learn. Not that I ever quite did that. But I mean that's that was our school experience. There's a woman standing up at the blackboard teaching a lesson in her nice clothes, you know. This is so funny that you
1: mentioned that because this past week, right now I'm homeschooling only teens because my kids have grown up. And so I have two teenagers. And this week I said, okay, I just feel like I need to teach you guys something that I haven't taught you yet. And I made them go get their notebooks. And I stood in front of them at the whiteboard and taught a lecture. So they had to take notes? They had to take notes. And it wasn't a discussion. It was a lecture. Right. (laughs) And I said, this is not how we normally do things. This is totally outside of what we usually do, guys. But I want you to see what it's like in school so that you can experience that. Not that they never discuss things in school. But I wanted them to know hey, in college, you're going to be sitting there scrambling to take notes as fast as you can while the professor lectures. That's right. what happens. That's what happens. And so I made them practice that. And at the end, I said, okay, what did you guys think? Did you like it? And they were like, no. I <laughs> <laughs> said, so I don't care if you didn't like it. Like They did do a good job taking notes, and then I actually had them write a little paper about what the lecture had been about. That's not our normal at all. But I made them have that experience because I wanted them to see... know what that's like
0: well you know school has to be more formal and and but but changing your mindset as a homeschool mom to oh we can relax we can lay around on the couch it's okay if my son does his math on the floor you know like you have to let some of those expectations go of like we're gonna sit at desks and we're gonna and i remember at first thinking i want desks in a school room and i don't even want that anymore so That's funny, because
1: when we designed our schoolroom, we're sitting in my schoolroom right now, and when we designed it, my husband was like, okay, well, what, what do you want in here? Because he built it for me. And I said, well, I need couches and a TV. Like, it looks <laughs> yeah, it looks a lot like a family like room. A family room. <laughs> and we spend more time on the couches than we do. We do have a little
0: panel of desks. It's mostly storage mm. for our books. Well, but it's also, you know, it's good to have somewhere to sit to work on your computer. You know, and, and my yeah. kids... My kids do have that. They actually have their own desks. and they, But we only use it when they're typing a paper on their computer. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, during school time, you know. My kids also have, like, they have their
1: laptops there and headphones. So if they want to have music playing while they're typing or doing something on their own, they sometimes go to their desks. But that's not because I wouldn't let them work at the couch. It's just because that's where their computer is and it's convenient. But we spend way more time on our couches than we do at our desks. And if we are at desks, we have kind of a center table in our homeschool where we all sit together and we spend more time there, like working on a layers of learning, you know, collaborative map or a craft project or something, than we do at cute little desks right, that, right. that we grew up with. Yeah. So I don't know. I wouldn't need a homeschool room because we could work at the dining room table. That would be our table. Or on the couches in our family room or living room. That would be fine. My homeschool room is actually my. Books and supply storage. Room? I know. I know.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking that. That's you, where you I'm need. Thinking. You don't necessarily need a homeschool room, but you do need places to store all your junk. You need storage, guys, because you you end up collecting a lot of science supplies, craft supplies, pens, pencils, papers, notebooks. Yeah. You know. You just and you don't
1: stuff. want to mix the chemistry in the kitchen. No, too much like not you know. too much.
0: I mean, we we actually do chemistry and science in the kitchen on the counter. Yes, but you don't want to put We do chemicals store, in the cupboard. Right, like, we don't store the chemicals next to the flour. Yes, so <laughs> you don't want that accidentally to get in the cookies. Right. <laughs> but,
1: but yeah, I think I had to throw out a lot of preconceived notions of what school looked like. Textbooks was another thing that I threw out and that was at the beginning
0: what I was looking for. The, I was like, I where's the
1: textbook? I need a textbook.
0: I, I remember thinking I had like a week to prepare for homeschooling because we suddenly started homeschooling in the middle of the school year when my yeah, son was having were problems. were thrown in. We were thrown in. It was very quick. And so I remember sitting that week on the computer, we had the internet by then, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember sitting there on the computer researching homeschooling and trying to figure out how do I even do this, you know, what, what and I knew I needed books but I didn't know what and I didn't know how to get them or where to get them or so I'm looking for textbooks. And I remember thinking, well, I'm going to need history, and I'm going to need science, and I'm going to need something for geography. I didn't even attempt to do art back then. <laughs> and and I'm going to need, you know, math and, and writing. So I'm trying to find these textbooks. And basically, we did start out kind of a the textbooky approach. So did I, because that's all I knew. The only textbooks we use now is math. That is it. Nothing else is textbooks.
1: Yeah, that's, that's us, too. We don't have... I, I don't even shop for textbooks
0: in uh-uh. any way. Which uh-uh. is not part of our... Or workbooks. We don't use workbooks either. I did when my kids were little, though. Well, I used, like, handwriting yeah. workbooks. Partly to keep them busy. But not, like, a history workbook or... Oh, I, no. No. No, because no, there are more fun ways to learn. Yeah, there's better
1: ways to, to learn. Um, I definitely had
0: to learn that authorities are overrated. I think that that's hard to learn because basically school teaches you that the authority is the authority and you must comply. Like, like I'm saying this badly. What I mean is, kids are taught, you read the textbook, you get the right answer, you re- regurgitate it on the test, and that is correct. There's no discussions in school, hardly yeah. ever. It's, it's all about the teacher is right, the textbook is right, the school gives you a grade. It's your permanent record. And put this information into your head. Yeah. And and I had to get rid of all of that, kind of like, oh no, we're going to have a discussion-based. We're we're going to be more like, there's a lot of different ideas in the world well, and let's figure them out. And, and
1: didn't you have to learn, there's more that we
0: don't know than we do know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that is as fascinating to talk about as what we do know. I also think um, on that authority line that... The idea that I could give my kids grades and even more daunting a transcript was hard for me to overcome that hurdle, to realize this actually counts. Yeah. You know?
1: Okay, so I remember like some of my aha moments in, in this realm. One of them was when I was offered a job by a textbook publisher. Oh really? Yeah, I got offered the job to write textbooks, and I was like, and I wasn't applying. They contacted I, me, <laughs> yeah. and I was going, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> yeah But then I stop and go, "Look how many books we've written, yeah, like a lot," which is how they knew who I was. Yeah, um, but I was sitting there going, "Okay, if they want me to write the textbook, then surely,
0: I, well, c- I can give this because thing. you're thinking I'm not actually an expert, like, like." We're we're experts on homeschooling, okay. At this point, but we're not twenty years, eighteen years. Yeah. We achieve experts, but we're not experts on textbook writing. Or I mean, we write Layers of Learning, but that's different. It's not a textbook. Like it's completely different. Okay, it feels to me. Okay, but that that was the first one when I was offered
1: a job, and the second one was when our school district that we grew up in bought Layers of Learning. Oh, so so they're they're yeah, one of, they're they one of the yeah they're one of the <laughs> school districts that contacted us and we have like a purchase order agreement with them and they purchase layers of learning and when i realized wait a minute the teachers (laughs) who taught me are now teaching the curriculum that i wrote yeah i was like okay homeschool moms are doing just fine
0: yeah (laughs) because
1: in our minds we still just feel like homeschool moms yeah we really do we don't feel like curriculum authors right we don't feel like experts experts. of of education we're just people who read a whole bunch of books to our kids and learned with them, and stumbled over stuff, and figured it out, and then started sharing it with other people.
0: We're, we're not experts any more than the textbook authors, okay, or than but the, the teachers but, who teach at our school district. That's the, the point, though, is that you are an expert we are. as a homeschool mom. Like, you really do have the authority to teach your kids, to give them grades, to have transcripts that count. But like, it was hard for me to feel that when I was yeah, a young homeschool yeah. mom. I just felt like, am I doing enough? Yeah. Do I know what Okay, enough? that was another aha moment for me when I realized all I have to do is at least as good as the public schools and I realized I'm great. <laughs> because I had I had this imaginary line in my head of how smart my kids should be and all the things they should learn and then I realized, oh, but the kids that are in public school aren't doing all that stuff. So why am I so worried about it? Like that was a big revelation for me.
1: It, it's hard to change if you're going to do it differently than school does it. Like, for example, we talked about learning on the couch instead of at a desk. If you're going to do it differently, you go, wait, is my way as good? Can yeah. I? Yeah. You know? And it honestly takes years of doing it. You have to see some of the results before you'll be convinced. But just take our word for it. You're doing fine.
0: Yeah. As long as you're doing it. Okay, so th- this is... This is the other thing that I realized the most important skill any homeschool mom can have is self-discipline. You have to do it. And we all have days that are bad. We have times when we're sick, things that interrupt your school life. That's fine. But we're talking about you don't just go, oh, I don't feel like it today. Well, the consistency
1: is what makes those days fine.
0: Right, exactly. Because you
1: know when that time
0: ends, you'll get right back to your consistency. Well, and the thing... like. In most places in our adult lives, even, we have somebody looking over our shoulder and making sure we're doing it. But when you're homeschooling, that's generally not true. Like, you may even have a a teacher you're working under, but they're not there in your home every day making sure you get up and do school with your kids. You have to do it. And I think that that's probably the most important skill any homeschool mom can learn is self-discipline.
1: Yeah. If nothing else, start your homeschool day. You know, start your day consistently. If things unravel, then fine. Sometimes that happens. But start your day every single day. And more often than not, we also end our day really well. But on those days that things go crazy, at least start every day. Because as soon as you start to go, you know what? We're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. It's if that hard. becomes yeah. your
0: habit, then it becomes really hard to do school at all. Oh, well, and it, it hard, It's hard to convince your kids to go back to doing the hard work when you're not doing the hard work. You know, like, how do you get them back into the habit? It's hard. So it's, it's self-discipline is the most important thing. Yeah. Another thing I learned is that I can teach things that I am bad at or know nothing about, sort of. So you have to learn about that. You have to learn about them. Learn about them. Okay, okay. So, so like my, probably my very worst subject, hands down, is art. And that sounds so silly because isn't art just fun and crafty? Yeah, it is. But I'm bad at it. Okay, I'm just bad at it. I'm. I don't like it so much, and so it's the one thing that I will go. Ah, oh, we don't need to do that this week. Okay, but, back to the self discipline. But Michelle, thing. you told me like a few weeks ago we were talking on the phone, and you were telling me about how you finally are loving art. Okay, I am, but it's my it's my hardest thing. Okay, so. So I think what changed actually is the new layers of learning program that we've come out with. It's so much better. It's easier to use. Karen is the primary author of the art units. And for obvious reasons. But (laughs) I I love art. Somebody right beside me doesn't like art. I don't hate art. I just am not good at teaching it. I actually like art. I'm just like sitting there going, this is, it feels pointless to me. The, The lessons feel pointless. I don't know how to explain it. It's just not my favorite subject. I mean, most people it's, Probably Going to be science or maybe history, but for me, it's art. Whatever but. subject you don't like, though, you tend to skip, you tend to, tend yeah. to not do. But anyway, I've, I've learned that you can teach even the things you don't know anything about. All you need is a good guide, a good book. And that's, like I said, that's what the layers of learning that's art what, units have done for me. It? They gave me that scaffolding so I can do it. Where if I don't have that, I'm like, I don't even know, like, I don't how even know do what even, the point is. I don't know, I don't know what, what, what the point is. I don't know how to teach this. I don't, I don't have, you know how do I pull together a lesson on Michelangelo and make it interesting? I can't do that without some tools, right? Yeah. And so, and I need those tools and that's what having the right books or the right teachers does. So I farm out those subjects, whether that means getting the right books for me to use or if that means having my kids go learn from another teacher in a specialized class.
1: Co-op or...
0: Uh, Yeah, or or taking a, a course. I mean, my kids do Scouts and so they learn a lot... Of specialized topics and their merit badges that they learn about and and from other adults and that's you know those kinds of things that's really important one of the things that
1: I've definitely learned is that I have to match what we're doing to what I love and who I am my personality has to fit with it or else I'm miserable that's huge for me you have to love homeschooling but you're not gonna love it if you try to force Right. Else's
0: if way. you're if you're trying to be this airy fairy unschooling mom and really you're a a type organized mom, you're gonna hate it. It's never ever gonna feel right to you. You're you're not gonna do well. Yeah. So don't try to make your homeschool look like someone else's. Karen and I are sisters. We grew up together in the same household. We have a lot of things in common but we do not homeschool the same way. I no. mean, we even wrote a curriculum together, but we still don't homeschool the same way. That's actually one of the interesting things. People are like, wow, you cover all of the
1: different learning styles and everything. It's because we homeschool differently and our kids all have different learning styles. And so we put in the discussions, the hands-on projects, the art stuff. We, we put all of this in and it's the combination of our two personalities and our two families all in one curriculum. So you see the full
0: gamut of, of things and layers of learning. Yeah. It's very reflective of our real homeschools. Karen is much much better at teaching the skills area, as I would say especially writing, than I am. Like she's much more methodical and she knows how to do these kinds of things. I'm much more like... I break things down. You break things down really well. And you well. see big pictures. And I see, yes, okay, but so my, my homeschool is that way. Like we have a lot of discussions, tons of them. We read lots of books. We talk about like the science stuff. And I don't know. We just do all these big picture things, I guess.
1: Which is interesting because I do that now too, but I do it with your help. Like I look at the Layers of Learning book for the discussion questions. Yeah. You because know, it doesn't necessarily come to me. But I can break down processes of things and
0: analyze. Which is why the writer's workshop is so amazing. I was terrible at teaching my kids writing until I started using that method.
1: I'm more of a step-by-step-by-step by step by step and do little things and break down processes. And that's, I am I am very much a, a list type of person in that way.
0: Yeah, and I I I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm organized for sure. We're both but I think, organized. But I, I think that you're much less, or you're much more of a list maker and a you know.
1: I yeah, I make lists.
0: A planner kind of person like a
1: yeah. I'm always breaking things down in my mind and and thinking that way. I take things apart and analyze in that way whereas you see big pictures and relate them to other things and I don't know, we just we homeschool according to our personalities because that's what makes us happy. And if you're not happy, no one is happy. In your yeah. homeschool, you have to really model loving learning and that doesn't mean you put on a smile and go Hi kids,
0: it's all a perfect day. I'm not saying that. No. Well, it, it, there's also the difference between some people want their kids doing a lot of independent work and others want their kids all together doing family group work. Yeah. I'm a family group work kind of person. That's what I prefer. But not everybody has to be the same. Like. Yeah. You're, you've
1: got to figure out what works for you. Yeah. And also consider your kids. You know, what yeah. works for them. But... In the end, I mean, my kids know if I'm having a bad day or a good day. Like, your moodiness is part of homeschooling because it's your real life. It's all the time. And so it's not going to be perfect. You're never going to have a perfect situation. But you want to build a homeschool that makes
0: you happy, that fits who you are. But on that note, one of the things that I learned as a homeschool mom is that I will never learn how to be the perfect homeschool mom. That it's a process that what worked last year is probably not going to work this year and what worked when my kids are little is not going to work when they're older, that you're always adjusting and that that's how it's supposed to be. Like you're never going to reach this nirvana of perfection. Okay. And that's something I thought I would be able to figure out the way to homeschool. I always thought that, I yeah. was sure.
1: And at the end of each year when I kind of self-evaluate and plan for the next year, I'm like okay now I've got it. But then every year, <laughs> every year it changes. It changes.
0: And, and you cannot foresee this. You cannot plan it. You just have to that's, grow with it. That's what the growth is. Yeah, it's
1: you just like grow a little bit at a time, and that's how it's meant to be. There's so, not ever going to be a, if you had perfect, then that means you would stop growing. If you think about it, because it's not going to be perfect. There's there is no perfect. It, that doesn't exist. So instead, you just grow a little bit each year and make little changes and tweaks, and that's actually growth is better than.
0: Yeah, like but when stagnancy. I think when when I was a young homeschool mom, it felt chaotic. Like, I couldn't figure out what I was doing. That somehow, okay. I wasn't doing it good enough.
1: But being a you young know? mom just is chaotic. That's true. That?
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's just part of it. And you have to accept that that's okay. And that was the hard thing. And I, I think now on the other end, looking back at all those years of homeschooling, I realized I was actually doing fine, and I should have relaxed a little. So we're telling you now, relax a little if you're in the middle of that.
1: I sometimes worry because we tell all of our homeschool tips and advice and we podcast and we talk to people and we're doing it from this different place
0: right we've been there done that we've already gone through the growth
1: yeah and i worry sometimes that people are going to aim for this today like what we have in our homeschool but we didn't have that when we had crying toddlers and
0: nursing babies we didn't
1: have that and it's okay that we didn't have this like yeah today it's pretty common if you walked into my schoolroom on a school day there's practically silence for parts of it while my kids are working or you know
0: chit chat but not there's not crying well yeah we've i've got a a 15 year old and a 17 year old it's not like it was you're, when they were little you're having deep discussions yeah it's okay
1: that you're not having deep discussions when they're five years old
0: that's okay I, you know I've thought about that a lot that I, I have six children and so my oldest ones went clear through this homeschooling with all this chaos tailing behind them right that, <laughs> and my youngest ones have this they need more chaos. <laughs> but they have this experience where they've got like this calm and quiet I was asking my my youngest one if he was going to be sad or happy when he's the only one left at home he's like oh it's gonna be awesome that's
1: (laughs) funny because I just had that same discussion with Jason he's they're close to the same age yeah our two youngest and I said Jason like are you getting bored is it like too quiet his big sister works now so he has a lot of time where it's just just him him at the house and he's like, no, Mom, I'm fine. I said, you realize that you're going to be the only homeschooled kid? Like, you're going to be an only child yeah. homeschooler. Are you okay with that? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. We're going to get schoolwork done so fast. And, and he told me, Mom, I'm going to make you do every math problem with me. It's <laughs> just <laughs> going to be you and me mapping it, buddy. Oh,
0: man. He's <laughs> got plans. But, but yeah, he... Sees it differently than my others because they yeah. have
1: babies. They have. Well,
0: I tell my oldest ones, "You were just practice." The other ones, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it doesn't matter what phase you're in. It's going to change. All of the phases always change, and you just have to roll with it and grow with it and know that some of what we describe might not be the phase that you're in right now. That's okay. We went through those phases too. Oh yeah, we did. And we oh, did we? <laughs> yeah, that's part of the the fun and the growth. Honestly. When we think about it, I think we miss that phase too. I mean, not all of it, we don't miss the tantrums. But I miss, when I see the pictures of all of us working around the table on a fabric map, and I look at and I'm like, oh! We the whole big group. We can't do that anymore with all of us, because some of them are gone, and you know. Yeah. We still do projects, we still do that stuff, but it's it changes as your
0: kids grow, and you change. Um, I think another thing that I learned is how to pace myself and to take time off. And this is when I when I first started homeschooling, I my idea was the more the better, right? So, in other words, we homeschooled year round. We hardly ever took time off at the time we were in the military and so my husband was gone quite a bit and he worked all the time we had we didn't have a ton of time we weren't going to go on vacation we didn't have we were poor we couldn't go on vacations so it was like we homeschooled year round and just did it all the time and it was actually okay like i didn't feel burned out at that time i think because homeschooling was new and it was a challenge and i thrive on challenges but you were having fun as time went by i realized i was i was starting to get burned out i had more children and i had little ones and we started doing things like soccer and you know the kids started getting involved in activities and I was like, "We, this is too much. And so I started taking summers off. And then I started going, okay, if I take one week off every few months, then it will be just like this. Like I planned a new schedule where I had more time off. And I realized this is better for me now. And I liked the pacing. I liked the slower. I liked, you know, having it planned out a little bit better. Like planning for time off. You know how we joke as
1: homeschoolers, we joke about the seasons like when february march hits everybody's kind of in a slump oh yeah like that slump season and that's not the same for everyone because some people you know start in january and that's not their slump but we joke about like the seasons and how that plays out in a homeschool year i look at that and i go seasons are so good for me in homeschooling when i take for example if i take summer break off then i'm excited to start again oh yeah but if i never take a break i'm never excited I know. I I don't get that new, fresh enthusiasm. You know that feeling of when January 1st hits and you are resolved to do new things and you've got your goals and you're set? Mm -hmm. Or when Christmas is coming around again and you're so excited for Christmas? Like, seasons create excitement. And so, however you do your homeschool seasons or your schedule, I don't know, you kind of have to be okay with taking breaks sometimes, having seasons of... You know, some people just do like a lighter time. They go, oh we scale it back in the summer so we just spend an hour each morning and that's fine but,
0: but you have to like build but build that But in just giving i think for me the the epiphany was that more isn't better yeah <laughs> that that it's okay to take breaks it's actually good and it's it's fine to do the amount of school that is right for us like yeah. and to and to take breaks when it's right for us like, and
1: that, that will change
0: over yeah and it does change over time, time. and it changes year by year and it, it you know, you might need to take an unexpected break at some point. You know?
1: Along those same lines, I think an important lesson that I learned was that I don't have to teach everything this year.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I remember making lists, lists of all of the subjects my kids should know. Well, we need to do foreign language, and we, need, we should do sign language, and we should also do... Piano. Yeah, we need to do piano, and we've got to have the kids in sports, and, you know, we've got... We need history. We need art. We need, you know, I had all this whole list of things got to teach him about finances and, you know, all these things. And I was a while before I realized that doesn't have to happen every year. By
1: that same token, when I was in school, when we were in school, we had every subject every day. Yeah. And so you went to all of your classes. The school that my kids would go to now, if they went to public school, they have A days and B days. So they do every other Class on so they'll have day. like
0: three subjects on one day and three subjects the next day, or, or yeah. Whatever. So yeah.
1: public schools are even starting to do more of that now. But it right. used to be that every subject was taught every single day. You went to history class every single day. Yeah, and yes. it was really hard for me to not do that as a homeschooler at the beginning. I was going, I
0: have to do oh, I every subject it, every day. It feels
1: like that. If huh. I if I miss science, then I failed. You know, I was sure of it, and I had to step back and go, okay.
0: It's actually fine if we don't do everything, every day, year-round, keep it on going. I I had forgotten about that, but you're right. When I first started doing homeschool with the boys, that's what I thought I should be doing. But then it wasn't very long into it. We started doing subject of the day. We did did math and writing and reading every single day. Mm -hmm. But then our subject of the day was, you know, Monday we do history. Tuesday we do geography. Wednesday we do science. And Thursday, we do art when, when we did art. <laughs> when I call and say, Michelle, do art. Do <laughs> art. But yeah, I'm bad at art. But anyway, so but that was like an eye-opener to me because instead of just spending, you know, having half an hour or having our, our school day go on forever, I was able to spend a solid hour on the one subject. This was when I had small children, so an hour was a lot of time, you know. Mm-hmm. But we were able to spend that much time on one subject And then we could be done. And the next day we could focus on the next subject. That was eye-opening to me. And we still do that. We do the subject of the day. There
1: are a lot of families that use layers of learning that they'll do all of the history for the month. Like the first week or two will be history. And then they'll go into the geography and the science. So they don't do it even every week. Right, right. They'll do one of the subjects for a week and then go to another subject when they're done with that. And that's fine. You can... Think out of the box and organize your homeschool in your own way that works for your family. Don't think it's a fail just
0: because you're not modeling your public school experience. I don't know about you, Karen, but when I was first starting out, I tried to organize my children's entire 12 years of school in my head. Did you do that? Yes. Like, like you're thinking about the entire 12 years and you're going, okay, I have to make sure they do this and this and that. and. I had like, an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're trying to conceptualize all of it. And looking back now, I'm like, why did I do that? You know, like, it's overkill. But the thing that helped me really free my mind from that was the four-year cycle. Because yeah. as soon as I learned about the four-year cycle, I was like, oh, I can relax. I can just do this. Do the, I can handle this four years and have a plan for that, and then we'll just repeat it. Yeah. So do you want to explain the four-year cycle a little bit, Karen? I, you explained it to me when I was first I know, and that's why but... you should have to do it <laughs>
1: I think the first four-year cycle that you introduced me to was the history, the yeah. concept of the history. Yeah. And you taught me that we don't even know, being public schoolers, you know, we didn't know when things happened. And you explained to me ancient history was the first era, and then the Middle Ages, after the fall of Rome, that was kind of the dividing line, and then the colonial period, and then the modern age. And the concept that we can take history and divide it into these four eras and learn what happened in each of those eras. And then when you're done, you start over. You, you go back to ancient history and learn that. And and you go around in a circle so that you're going to cycle back around to it. It's not like everything
0: you learn about ancient history happens in first grade. Okay, because in, in public school growing up, it was completely disjointed. It was sporadic. We, we would learn about the Aztecs for, you know, we'd have a six-week unit on the Aztecs. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we would be doing maybe butterflies in biology, right? Like yep. we, we would just, it was just jumping around and everywhere. ancient Egypt. Nothing was connected. Yeah. And and I didn't have any concept of history or how it worked or when things were when I first started homeschooling my kids.
1: But once you have the four-year cycle in your mind and you start to put things in their historical place, for example, first of all, you know that you're going to cycle back around to it. Yeah, it helps you relax about, oh, we don't have to learn every single thing. Yeah. Yep and it gives you context and makes connections in your brain. I actually have a timeline of the world now in my head. I know, I know. generally yeah. when things happen. Even if I can't name the date, I know when things happen right? because of the way that we've studied this four-year cycle. It frees you up. So you don't have to make the Excel spreadsheet plan because you already have it. You already yeah. know how you're going to cycle back around and learn these things. And the same thing happens in science. Um, We divide up the science into biology, earth science, physics, and chemistry. Right. And then you're going to cycle back around. You're going to do it again and again. But you see how they're organized. You see how it's broken up. And you still see connections between them. Because it's not actually completely isolated in that way. There's a lot of chemistry in biology, for example. Once you start learning about how our human body works. Things like
0: that. So you see the connections. But you have an overall plan in your head. That's what's good about the four-year cycle, though, is that you're taking your little kids through it from 6 years old to 9 years old. They are le- going through the, the cycle the first time. Mm-hmm. And then when you start it again at the second time, they already have context. They've already studied the ancient era before. They've already studied earth and space before. And so they've got context for them to understand at a deeper level and to make better connections as they get older. And of course then you do it again in high school and they're even better because they've done it twice. Yeah. They've, they've learned about the ancient Egyptians twice and so the third time that they go through it, they're able to take off and really understand how the ancient Egyptians connected to the ancient Chinese culture and connected to the ancient European culture. And like, you can see how these all, you can compare, you can contrast, and you can't do that when you're learning about these subjects in isolation. So the the four-year cycle was a whoa, mind-blowing to me.
1: It also gives you an incredible amount of context for really understanding. Like, Michelle, a lot of moms will come to us and ask, Which branch of science do acids and bases go in? They don't know is that going to be in earth science, biology, chemistry or physics because they don't have an understanding
0: of what those four sciences are. Right, because most people, at least in the United States, most people take kind of an earth and space and biology and most people stop there. They don't ever do chemistry or physics. Unless they're going into a branch of science. Unless they're going into sciences, But, but most people don't even do those. I did because I was going into a science field. But like I said, most people don't even take those classes in high school. They've never ever studied them. So yeah, they don't have any context. They don't know. We also get a lot of people asking like, which ancient history unit are the Aztecs in? Well, the Aztecs weren't ancient. They yeah. were in the colonial period. They're much, much more modern than you would think. But but people don't have a context of history. And we were there. We know. Yeah. We realize that. And so yeah, I think that the four-year cycle was a big, big, um, revelation for me
1: we often talk about how we hope our kids will have a basic map of the world in their mind like they know the map if i list a place they know where it yeah. is you know like yeah you
0: should at least know that somalia is in africa you yeah know.
1: if if i say argentina you should be able to picture where that is right. in your mind well in the same way we want them to have a map the four-year cycle also gives you kind of a map of those things right in a sort so you understand when things happened. you understand the branches of science you can see the overall big organization of knowledge in a sense
0: it it does make it easier to organize in your own mind yeah later on but I think it also makes it easier to organize your homeschool yeah and to feel like you're not skipping things there's not going to be giant holes and your kids are going to be able to thoroughly understand each of the subjects because you're repeating them.
1: Yeah, it, like
0: you're covering your bases. Right, right. And
1: it allows you to free your mind from having to make the meticulous plans. Right. Because it's, the four-year plan is your plan.
0: Right. Got it. and it's so simple. It's it's so simple and it's so easy to implement. I, I love that. That is actually a concept from classical education, but Charlotte Mason uses it as well, and you can incorporate it into any other homeschooling any style any style that you want to we use that of course as the foundation for layers of learning
1: yeah overall i feel like we've learned a ton as homeschool moms i mean we said that we don't even know who we are without it i really don't know who i am without homeschooling because i've been doing it yeah i know but if i had to give i guess two pieces of advice It would be, one, relax a little bit and just enjoy learning. Because if you're enjoying it, you will learn so much more. And then, two, we already mentioned, be consistent. Have self-discipline and just, I guess, get her done. Just do it. Get her done. I agree completely. Because it's not going to happen all at once. It happens in thousands and thousands of tiny lessons. And so it feels like, I don't know if I'm doing enough. It adds up. It, that's
0: how you uh, get to the end is in the little tiny bits. What would be your two, Michelle? I Those are the two big ones. I think just just realizing you are doing a good job. Sometimes you feel like you're not when you're in the middle of it. It's not until you're at the very end and looking back that you can see, wow, my kids are smart, they know stuff. But it's it's so hard when you're in the middle of it. So just relax and know that you're doing a great job. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating
1: wherever you listen. Ratings and comments help people find happy family-style homeschooling.
0: Visit us at layersoflearning.com, at Instagram, and on our Facebook group. And make sure to tune in next month for the next podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool.
1: Have fun learning!
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.